This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. We're talking travel on 2NURFM 103.7 with Travel World on King Sally Lucas. Great to see you again. Good morning, Jane. Welcome back. I've had a nice time travelling and you always have a nice time travelling too. I have too. We've both been away and had lovely times, so we'll discuss that um, another time maybe. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Always. Travel's such a good subject. Now, you are, of course, a very well-travelled person. I guess I am in lots of people's eyes, but in my eyes, I still feel there's so much out there to see and experience. I I guess it's the old adage, the more you do or the more you see, the more you want to do and see. And I was just thinking about this the other day, and I came across an article written by a travel editor about Laos. And I just thought I'd like to share it with some of our listeners today that just explains, I guess, how beautiful some of these areas still are and you can still get into these little time warps and you don't have to go for the commercialism. There are places out there still to visit if you're really wanting that experience. Now, when we say Laos, we're not, of course, talking about little things you might find in nasty corners. No, we're not. We're talking about a lovely country or Asian, Indochine country, if I should say that, um, north of Thailand, uh, which is squeezed in you know between Thailand Cambodia and so on a lot of people combine Laos with doing Cambodia or, or Vietnam or Thailand but I'll just talk about Laos for today and just if I can just mention some of the things in this article which I thought were quite delightful um, this lady has called it Laos's early morning call and she said there's not many things she'd get out of bed at 5 a.m. for but in Luang Prabang and northern Laos rising this early is essential she's saying um, a delightful town where there's beautiful old temples on every street delicious French pastries in every cafe, and the events of the early morning just surpass it all. Um, nestled in a mountainous region and skirted by the Mekong and Khan rivers, Luan Prabang is the ancient royal capital of Laos, and it's now um, celebrated by UNESCO, for example, as well for its preservation of Wats. Now, Wats is their word for temple, W-A-T-S, and traditional buildings. It was previously closed to visitors um, after years of war and revolution, and the population remains still very small, and the feel as though is very charming and very provincial. Um, the main street has made concessions, she says, to the tourists who trickle through the town, and that is still a trickle, but she says it has a natural purity still that's hard to find elsewhere. So there aren't a lot of tourists there at the moment? No, uh-huh. no. So it's still, you know, if you like, emerging as a, as a tourist destination. Um, now, there's numerous Buddhist temples here, and what happens is this is a very part and part of their, the slow beat of the Luang Prabang life every day. And just after dawn, they have this time-honoured tradition of almsgiving to the monks, and it's still practised on the streets every morning, which is why you have to get up at, at oh. 5 a.m. So for the few visitors who make the effort to participate, they have these enterprising locals ready to sell you small bundles of rice wrapped in banana leaves. And then what you do with that, you then offer these to the monks. And, and there's an etiquette, apparently, of almsgiving. Is the, main, the main rule, apparently, is to, to kneel or squat and ensure that your head is lower than the monk's head. Otherwise, your offering will be ignored. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't it? And for 20 minutes or so, this lady knelt beside local people with her gifts of sticky rice, and there's this procession of several hundred barefooted, orange-robed novices and monks file past to complete their daily circuit of the town and accept these offerings that are given to them. And as she says there in her article, everything in Luang Prabang is, is slow, including the procession, and the only sounds were those of muted whispers between onlookers and the shuffling feet of the never-ending line of monks. So you can just picture this, can't 
about you in your mind's eye. It would be quite beautiful in this early morning. And she said, as my offerings ran out and the glow of the orange robes disappeared, the streets of Luamprabang started to wake and the early morning spell was eventually broken. But for the lucky ones who had faced 5am, this was Luamprabang at its most beautiful and about as revealing as travel can get. We're used so, to ceremony being on special occasions in our lifestyle, yes. and this sounds as though it's daily. Happens. So anyone can experience this, you know. And it's like, I guess, when I was in Vietnam too. Like, you know, one day they said, "Look, can you get up at five o'clock tomorrow morning?" We've all gone, "Ooh, you know, get on it. We're going to hire bikes for you, and we're going to cycle into town. This is in Hoi An to go to the fish markets, which the women run, you know. And again, that's something that happens, and you've got to be there to experience it. The men go out and you know, obtain the fish in the boats, but the women run the markets and do the fishing. So all these countries have got these little things that have happened as a ritual almost on a daily basis that we can still experience. So we don't have to just head for all these commercial parts of the world if we don't want to. There are still pockets and areas of wonderful, you know, life life experiences, I think is what I'd call them, that you can just feel that you're part of and be, and be very privileged to be part of as well. And it's nice to find somewhere where life hasn't been taken over by the oh, global monopolies. And aren't we all getting sick of that? But there's a lovely journey you can do through Laos, and if anyone is interested, we have got itineraries in our office with a couple of good companies who are you know, valued companies that we use, and they do terrific tours in through um, Bangkok and up through Chiang Mai and then into Luang Prabang, and you go on to Vientiane as well, which is another you know famous city in, in Laos as well. So you can combine them, as I said before, with, with Thailand, with obviously Cambodia as well, or even with Vietnam, and they're all fan, fan, fantastic uh, sorry, should I say, areas to visit still who offer lots of different options of sightseeing and touring from just wonderful experiences like that that are peaceful and moving to, to adventure style as well in lots of these areas. So there's lots to offer for people out there who are still wanting to be an imaginative traveller. And Laos is not all that far away from us. Well, it's not, no. So it's not like you've got to get in the flight, you know, plane rather for 24 hours and you know head to Europe. It's, it's still relatively close by our standards. So you're looking, if you're going to Bangkok, you'd be stopping there and having a couple of days before you went on. So we're only talking about a nine, roughly about a nine, hour flight so it's not like it's you know too far to go the country of Laos sounds just wonderful travel world on king talks travel on to a new rfm 103.7 and sally lucas we're looking at cruising a special type of cruising in fact we are jane and since you've been away we have been talking cruising over the last few weeks it has become extremely popular again um i think we're just so lucky now that it's evolved if you like in the last few years where we've got a lot more vessels available on the marketplace offering all different styles of cruising so there are those people who really say look i'm not into cruising these big liners etc well we've now got what we call a lot of vessels called small ship cruising or expedition style cruising vessels which are only taking a limited amount of people you're still getting beautifully looked after with wonderful meals etc but on a small ship that's more if you like um, it, it's a whole idea is to take you into places that larger vessels can't obviously take you into so you do get a more adventure style of cruising because you're doing a lot more as far as sightseeing and different sightseeing is concerned what's the difference between a small ship and a large ship as far as cruising goes uh, you mean size or size you mean wise size wise well just looking at this one for example i've got one in front of me at the moment called the Orion, which was only built in 2003 specifically for small ship adventure cruising. Now, it's only 103 metres long. So, you know, if you can imagine we've just been on a, on a yacht sailing, which is, you know, probably about half that size or a bit less. But, and you look at a large vessel, I mean, I can't even think what the length is, but you're looking at a couple of football fields, you know what I mean, long by comparison. So it's small, certainly. It's not 
small as in just a little cruiser. So we took, and some of them are smaller than 103 metres too, actually. But I mean, it, we're still talking about a decent sized vessel, but not an actual large ocean going liner. And I said the benefit is they've got usually uh, the drafts better, so it can get them into areas that you can't normally get into if you're a large liner where you've obviously got to be anchored way out and you go in by tenders or whatever. So it's a different style of cruising. And what about the numbers of people? Well, for example, on this particular vessel, the Orion, it's only, it's only 4,000 tonnes and it only takes about, I think, it's got 53 staterooms on it, so it would take about 106 if they're all full with twin occupancy, for example. So 100 or less, you know what I mean? So comfortable, you know, personal. You really get to know most people on board the vessel. The one I went on to the Antarctic, of course, as you know, was smaller again. It only took 56 people. So it does, and it was only, you know, about, I think, 9,000 tonnes so it just depends on the size of the vessel and where it's located but you're looking at anything from something that will take 50 odd people up to about 100 odd when we're talking small ship cruising and we've got lots of destinations on offer because of this now. I mean, they base the Orion, for example, is based in Australia. And what it does, it does the Kimberley Top End, East Timor and Cape York, obviously in our winter months. But then it comes down here and does wonderful cruises, starting with the, uh, the Sydney Hobart Yacht Race even. You can do that. And then it goes down south to Jarvis Bay, then up to Yamba, back down the coast and into Hawkesbury and back to Sydney again. And then there's a New Year's Eve cruise. Then they do some down Tasmania. They also do some some around the Queensland Islands, and they've got a couple down to the Antarctic. So, I mean, that gives you a wide range. And at the moment, they've got a special offer, actually, just on a couple of cruises in August, September. First guest sails at the normal price, and the second guest travels free, just on those two sailings. There's only limited, may I say, availability on that. And that's a cruise out of Darwin, a 10-night cruise that goes up to um, East Timor, as well as doing Wyndham and um, Melville Island and so on. So all around that top area, Coburg Peninsula and back to Darwin, which would be absolutely fascinating. Would be lovely. Yeah. And, and there are a couple of others. There's... Even one now based doing um, Vietnam, it takes 128 passengers and you sort of you fly into Hanoi and go down to Haiphong and board the vessel and go all through that beautiful area of Halong Bay, cruise down all the coast, because it's quite a long coastline of Vietnam, as we, people probably know if they've looked at a, of a map, and you go down into the ancient city of Wei, Da Nang and Nha Trang and you cruise all amongst the little islands there and finish up in Ho Chi Minh City. And they've got some um, two-for-one offers as well in September on those at the moment, so it's well worth looking at. And the Yachtsman's Caribbean, there's another one there, a clipper, they're calling it, and it takes uh, 102 passengers only, and it's got a fascinating itinerary um, all through the Caribbean, and it's got 25% off their standard brochure rates at the moment for December departures, and singles can travel at a supplement of only an extra US, these are based in US dollars by the way, the ones in the Caribbean, 250 on top of the discounted rate, so that's good for singles. And if someone's looking for something early in the new year, we've got the Funchal, which is based in Fremantle, and you can pick up some pretty good fares now to you know to Perth to do these sort of cruises. And they're cruising out of Fremantle up into Lombok and Broome, uh, Banoa in Bali as well, Exmouth, and also into Dili. So there's three different itineraries doing that. And what they're giving you on that is a three to four hundred dollar per person credit towards flights to Perth. It varies on the duration of cruise you take, how much credit you get: eleven, twelve, and sixteen nights cruises and that starts for the cruise part of it from 2069 then you get your credit to use towards an airfare as well so you know there's lots of lovely different areas to cruise without having to go on a large cruise liner if that's not your cup of tea should we say and you're doing something again very different as we just mentioned in the previous segment that there are lots of things to do out there that are 
but still off the beaten track a bit and a little different. We're talking travel to a new RFM 103.7. Sally Lucas, it's hot deals time. What have you got for us today? I think it's something that most people won't be able to refuse, Jane. It's just come across our desk yesterday and it is absolutely fantastic. It's a fare to London with Virgin Atlantic. I don't know whether people are aware now they are flying out of Australia daily via Hong Kong. And the other thing I wanted to uh, let people know about Virgin Atlantic, they have that extra premium economy section, which they call it, which British Airways called World Traveller Plus, but that lovely little section between economy and business where if you can't really afford business, but you can still upgrade to a higher standard of economy, which means you don't have the, um, you know, the legs all downward draining, which we all know is not a good thing. So you get that extra leg room and elevated leg position and you get more attention, more service, better food, all of the above. But they have, um, having said that, this fare is basically an economy class fare, though this isn't a premium economy, but it's still excellent. $1,334. To London. To London, return. Now, it's only on sale till the end of this month, and it's for departures between 23 September and the 2nd of December. Now, I just think that is excellent. You have to pay for your tickets within 72 hours, which is fair enough. It's such a, a cheap fare. It's valid for 12 months, though, and there's no minimum stay away. So you can go away for as little or as long as you like, up to 12 months. Um, now, this, if those seats run out, they have a higher class fare, $200 more. They're holding so many seats at the lesser fare. And if you can get one way in the low and one in the other, coming back, they'll let you combine a half-half. So I just can't believe it. I just think it's absolutely superb. Um, and even in their economy class on um, Virgin Atlantic, they do have um, the own seat, the seat back TV with enough choice of channels to keep everyone entertained. Um, so that's fine. And they also um, have good food, even in economy class. They do offer the free meal and free drink service on all their flights, and it isn't you know, you get usual jokes about the airline food, but the reports on their food is that is really quite good, and they will cater for any sort of dietary requirement as well. And they also give you a little free amenity kit, even in economy class. So they're really trying to do something, I guess, to um, you know keep people happy in economy as well as in the other classes of travel as well. So I think it's a wonderful fare, and anyone who's thinking of going to London this year should grab a seat before they all go. Having said that, we'll move on to some other little bits and pieces, something closer to home. We've still got some winter escapes to Fiji starting from 7.69 and that's for sale to 24 August and travel through to 8 September. Um, one of the New Zealand operators, Kira Tours, is offering $300 reduction on tours of 10 days or longer and 200 on tours of 9 days or less. There's a lot of tours available. I won't go through them with you, Jane. There's just too many on offer. But just to let people know that that's available and that's any new booking up till the end of August. Um, Vanuatu has got some great deals out at the moment. Return air travel, four nights accommodation, continental breakfast and transfers for only $811. And for something, again, we're talking little different things today, aren't we? I'm just mentioning another one, a company called Pioneer, and they've been operated for many years doing you know, the air tours in Australia, and they've got um, just one last departure for this year with still some vacancies on. It's a seven-day trip on the 22nd of October, and it's doing the Griffith Wine Region, King Island, Kangaroo Island, Mildura and the Murray with an overnight stay on the paddle steamer as well, and that's a lovely way to see Australia from the air and the land as well, of course. So they've got limited vacancies still on that as well. So there's some excellent things out there, to, I think, to cater for all tastes and requirements. And, um, yeah, just hop on in. 
Talking travel is always a good thing to do, and we'll be back next Friday after the one o'clock news. Talking travel with Travel World on King. Thanks, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane.